Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy. I almost forgot my intro here. Um, a filmmaker at Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group edited by yours truly. And let's see, when this episode drops, I'll be coming up to the premiere of my latest film, Film 15, Emmanuel in Sin City. Um, my entry into the unofficial single M Emmanuel series, like, you know, Black Emmanuel and and uh, Sister Emmanuel, Emmanuel in America, uh, let's see, Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra, all those, you know, Black Emmanuel 2, all that stuff. So, yeah, I did my own Emmanuel in Sin City. And, uh, yeah, that's coming out January 19th here at the Dreamland Cinema in Sacramento, California. A one showing, the premiere event. And after that, we're going to see. Uh, if I'm going to put in film festivals or screen at places or go streaming route again. But, uh, yeah, all that stuff takes money. So, And right now, I am presently in between jobs. So money's not a thing that's flowing in at the time. So... Anyway, that's real life. Now let's go into the cinema life, life we all like to live through the movies. Uh, and today we are talking about episode 123, film 126, Golden Temple Amazons. That's the export title. Of course, we get information on this from the book Flowers of Perversion, the delirious cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2, by Stephen Thrower. Uh, this is a Spain and France co-production. It started off in Spain, 1983, and then finished in France, 1985. Original theatrical title in Country of Origin, Tundra en el Templo del Sol, the Spanish title. The French title is Le Amazon de Temple Dieu. The alternative title, Der Godin Temple der Amazonian, that's the West German video. And the Portuguese, with a question mark, uh, O Mysterio do Templo de Ohur, the Golden Temple of Mystery. So, uh, let's see, production companies, Golden Films, of course, international, that's the one that started, but it wasn't finished by them. It was finished by the mighty Eurocene out of Paris. Of course, the theatrical distributor is aforementioned Eurocene out of Paris. Uh, timeline shooting date on this was around circa summer of 1983 in Spain. And then the uh, additional footage was shot in Paris uh, around 1985. They have no dates. And then the French visa issued December 16th of 86 and it played Paris January 17th of 1990. Wow. Uh, so yeah, start in 83 and played in 90. Uh, theatrical running time, France, 84 minutes. The DVD running time, the U.S. Shriek Show, which I mind is the MVD classics, but yeah, the Shriek Show won. Probably the same running time, 84 minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, the original credits for the original film um, Tundra El Tempo del Sol credits is, of course, writer-director. We all know who. Jess Franco. Uh, executive producer, Estela Raga and Emilio Raga from Golden Circle Films. Uh, I mean, Golden Films, not Golden Circle. 
Gold Circle's a uh, old, outdated department store uh, from like the seventies. Um, in the 80s, actually. Uh, director of photography, Juan Solar Cozar. Camera operator, Jess Franco. Production manager, Antonio Mayans. Um, so the credit is, of course, director Jess Franco, but he's billed as James Gartner and uncredited for the uh, Paris footage was Eileen Payette. Uh, producer is Jess Franco as Jess Frank. Executive producer, Daniel Lesseur. That's from Eurocene. And screenplay by Jess Franco, uncredited, and Marius Lesur as A O A, sorry as A L Maro. Adaptation and post-production supervisor George Freeland. Music Norbit Verone, who's weird. It's not Franco at all in this, which is weird to have a Jess Franco film without his music, or Daniel White, um, or anybody else that is in his crew. Uh, public okay. uh, photography. Henry Froger's uh, production manager Marius Lassur script supervisor Alona Konsuova assistant director David Hoanasson and uh, who else we got that's it okay so um, cast Anelia Ivars plays the lead Liana Simpson Stanley Kapoor plays Cuckoo Ava Leon plays Irina, the Amazon governess. Antonio Mayans plays Bob. William Berger plays Uruk, the chief. Emilio Lender plays Harvey Mason, an archaeologist. The beautiful Alicia Principe plays Bella Mason, Harvey's wife. Claude Marshall is in it. No credit. Uh, Olivia Mathout plays Father Johnson. Joan Rene Gossart plays Miss Simpson, Francois Blanchard, Amazon writer, and finally the misused and barely present Lena Romay playing the Amazon guarding Uruk's bedchamber. Um, I'll go ahead and read the synopsis and everything through because it's really short for this. Not, not a lot of uh, information on this film. Uh, synopsis, present-day Africa. A tribe of blonde warrior women ride topless on horseback to slay Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, two mercenaries who have profaned the Amazon's temple and stolen their gold. Five-year-old daughter Liana escapes and is taken in by the local tribe. Years later, Liana is respected by the natives and is friends with all the animals. A Catholic priest, Father Johnson, shows up and reads to Liana from her father's journal, revealing how he met his death. Liana vows to avenge her parents and sets off to find the Amazon's temple, assisted by Kuku, a buffoonish witch doctor. On the way, they team up with Harvey Mason, an archaeologist, and his wife Bella. Bella is overcome by a naturally occurring sulfuric gas at the entrance to the temple and is captured by the Amazons. When the others turn up, they are thrown into the dungeon by Rena Kruk, captain of the Amazonian guards. Their high priest, Uruk, decides that Liana has the necessary attributes to become an Amazon warrior. He saves her from Reina, but the others are not to be blessed. Reina sentences Harvey and his wife to be trussed up together, back to back inside a circle of spikes where they will be whipped until one or the other falls. 
Can Liana and her friendly chimpanzee Rocky save the day? To me, that's like a, a beautiful last line. Can Liana and her friendly chimpanzee Rocky save the day? See, if I just read that, I would want to see the film just from that one line. I'm like, oh, a lady and her friendly chimpanzee Rocky? I'm in. Here's my money. All right. <clears throat> Production notes. Seen by 2,400 people. <laughs> wow. Kind of tickets. During its two-week run in Paris in 1990, Golden Temple Amazons was the last Jess Franco film to play a first-run cinema engagement in Europe. However, by the time it did so, the film was already seven years old. It had started out as a Spanish project made in 1983 for Golden Films, entitled Tundra in el Templo del Sol which languished unfinished for a couple of years until Eurocene expressed an interest. Golden Films sent Eurocene the existing footage, at which point they turned sour, things turned sour. The film became entangled in a dispute between Golden Films and Eurocene concerning another unfinished Franco project. Eurocene hung on to the Tundra footage, dis- dispatched French porno director Alain Payette to shoot some new material, and released the resulting mongrel as Les Amazons de Temple de Or. This is the version we can see today on TV on DVD. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't read it before. So I guess Golden Film sent you the footage, and then things turned sour. I wonder why the film became entangled in a dispute between Golden Films and Eurocene concerning another unfinished Franco project. See, Cida Le Pesta. Okay, so that was probably. Somebody shot the X-rated footage, probably, because there's supposedly a third version of this. Then Eurocene hung on to the Tundra footage, dispatched porno director to shoot new material. Huh, that's interesting. Um, review. Nobody can call Cuckoo a chicken. I'm sorry. Nobody can call Cuckoo a clown and live, says Cuckoo. A comedy relief jungle charlatan in Golden Temple Amazon. A quasi-racist and terminally stupid attempt to do what Spielberg and Lucas were getting away with in the Indiana Jones films, except with a budget of 500 francs. Since the film is not entirely the work of Jess Franco, one is irresistibly tempted to put it aside and avoid wasting time taking pot shots at its obvious flaws. It was finished in... It was finished by porno journeyman Alan Payette, Franco's one-time stable mate at Comte Francois de Film Production. But honestly, no one comes out of this with their head held high. It's just a dreadfully underfinanced slog through the bushes that offers only cheap laughs at the expense of an overstretched production. Anelia Ivars, supposedly a warrior girl with the spirit of the ancients cursing coursing through her veins looks rather more like one of the bangles fresh from a hairdressing appointment and she's a as stony blank as only a horribly embarrassed actress can be essentially the appeal of the film can be summed up in the phrase jiggling breasts that's true uh, once you've seen the film's topless amazons on horseback their tits doing the rumba to the most hideous piece of 1980s library music ever recorded You've had all the fun there is to be had from this dung ball of a film. Wow. If you've watched a lot of Franco films and feel like time off for a good behavior, consider yourself excused for this dismal experience. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it as much as he did, but it, it is pretty boring and pretty bad. It's definitely one of the lower films. I mean, there are worse, but it's, 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 it's not good. Uh, cast and crew. 
Eileen Romay can be spotted fleetingly as one of the guards outside Uruk's bedchamber. That's true. Music, atrocious synthetic drums wedded to synthesized slap bass strewn repeatedly across the images with absolutely no concern for mood. Hands down, the worst score ever on a Franco film until the video productions of the late 1990s. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I felt the same thing. The music's just terrible in this because it's not Franco. Uh, locations. Somewhere on the outskirts of Paris for the Aline Payette material featuring Olivier Method and Jean-René Gossart. Elche in Spain for the rest. Connections. The presence of Livio Mathot, Blanchard, and Evers in the material shot by Payette suggests that these scenes may have been collected around the same time additional footage was being shot for Euroscene's Revenge in the House of Usher. Yeah, I didn't like what they did with that either. Uh, since Franco was a big fan of director Kurt Siomek, the character name Cuckoo probably stems from his recollection of Sidomak's Kuruku, Beast of the Amazon, 1956, about a trip into the jungle to fetch a ridiculous parrot monster. Yeah, that's not a very good film. Uh, other versions. Uh, Franco's unfinished original version remains unseen, but it's what you might call a low-priority search item. According to an untribute Okay, according to unattributed text as a Portuguese streaming movie site, uh, FullTV.TV, Golden Temple Amazons premiered theatrically in Portugal in 1986. The site also claims that a version exists dubbed in Portuguese. More recently, a rare theatrical screening of the film was scheduled at the Cinemateca Porgesia in Lisbon in, in Lisbon in May 20th, 19, I'm sorry, 2013, where it was billed as the Amazons du Temple de Or with Portuguese subtitles. However, the screening did not take place apparently due to a power failure. Wow. So, you know, you can like reschedule it, you know, what the fuck? Power goes out. Oh, can't show the movie at all. I don't know. That sounds like a work to me. Like the wrestling thing, you know. Oh, somebody robbed the box office. Sure. So, yeah, so that's the uh, little speak up here of Golden Temple Amazons. So, yeah, um, I go ahead and I do a solo review of it um, for this episode because it's not the greatest film. So, yeah, I do that with that. So, all right, uh, let me do some little quick plugs here before the before you hear the uh, bumper music. Of course, there's a donation button. Right now is a good time to donate. If you feel free to, anytime, one time, multiple, whatever you feel like, please consider. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Amazon Music, and all your other favorite platforms. Uh, episodes down there to download and subscribe. Oh, yeah, also, too, thank you again. We had another record-breaking month. Uh, we topped out over 1,000, finally. So, awesome. Wanted to get that number. Always around four to five, but yeah, since Lady Hyde kicked in um, last couple of months, we have a lot of good uh, exposure from that. That's poured over to the podcast, so uh, our numbers have been pretty much doubling um, every, from a couple months back to now. So it's awesome. Thank you very much. And actually, each month has been more than the previous month. So this month was, like I said, thousand. Last month was like seven something. So yeah, it's already been going up like two, three hundred uh, listens a month. So that's awesome. Uh, and of course, word of mouth is what I'm talking about, uh, with my budget, which is zero. And, uh, what I do this for is zero. This is all free 
passion project, something I do for love and just because I want to watch Franco films and talk about it and get more people to like Franco and also to learn for myself as a filmmaker by watching Franco. Every film I learned something, either pro or con, what to do, what not to do, or a tip or something he did or whatever. So, uh, you know, I try to educate myself and anything I learn, I try to turn around and tell people, maybe it'll help them, maybe it won't. Maybe it's interesting, maybe it's something they'll think about and come back to later. Who knows? But information is always the key, and, you know, if information is free, that's always the best. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, tell a friend, tell us about tell about the show. Say, hey, there's this guy, Jason Rudy. He makes films. He's in Sacramento, California, and he made Lady Hyde. It's on Tubi, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime soon and a bunch of other streaming channels. And he's got a new film coming out soon called Emmanuel in Sin City. You might check that out. And also, uh, he's got another film that's going to be coming out in the summertime called She Knows Ferratu, which is like a vampire film, a horror film, but more like psychological thriller, comedy, weird. So I think you'll dig it. I'm having fun making it. It's uh, kind of the vein of chump change, more of a bizarre, crazy stuff. So that's my bag. So hopefully you'll dig it. Uh, if you want to talk to me about it or any questions, anything about film or... Uh, Filmmaking, I should say, or Franco, you can get a hold of me at francoobserver at yahoo.com. That's the email address, one word, francoobserver at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. We have pages set for the Franco Observer podcast on both those platforms. Check us out on Facebook page and the Instagram page. And, of course, my mission statement, what I've been speaking about earlier, and also praise in memory of Just Franco, bringing the names and films of Just Franco to new eyes and ears. And, of course, information and all that good stuff, which we talked about earlier. So, alrighty, well, it's always fun talking to you. Uh, as I talk to you, I talk to myself, so it's always good to keep that line going. So, alright, hopefully you're staying dry. Here in California, it's been really crazy. Uh, new Year's Eve... And uh, now, as I'm recording this, the uh, first week of January, it's uh, really wet, really stormy, getting like 60-mile-per-hour gusts, 30-mile-per-hour winds, tons of rain, just destruction. It sucks. So hopefully everybody's staying dry, staying out of the rain. I know it's all across the states, and uh, I'm not sure on the other side of the world, but over here it's Pineapple Express, so bad time. Global warming is true, unfortunately, so we need to stay the best we can and keep the world as long as we can so alright that's enough of that Buenas noches Maha see you on the other side of the bumper music for Golden Temple Amazons see a lot of naked women riding horses in slow motion nothing wrong with that alright we are back with the review portion of episode 123 123 film 126 golden temple amazons wow yeah this is an interesting period of uncle jess's career he's kind of not doing his best work i think because he did lillian he did night of a thousand desires were good sexual story was decent then he goes into search of the golden dragon and the Golden Temple Amazons, and a few before that, Diamonds of Kilimanjaro. And those three are just some of the th- dullest movies. In this film, Golden Temple Amazon, is almost a retread of uh, Diamonds of Kilimanjaro, of uh, 
the young girl's parents being killed by a tribe or something, and then she living in the jungle and then goes against them. And it's, it's the same story basically, but, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. Um, this is one that I reviewed myself. Um, cause the last film, um, in Busca del Dragon Dorado that I, uh, had to submit Jessica to, um, I heard this wasn't as good as well, so I figured I would just kind of tackle this myself. So, yeah, this is weird. This is uh, something he filmed for Golden Films International, but it was unfinished in 83 and then was completed by other people in, like, 85 and then released in 86 or 90, it looks like. But, uh, yeah, so um, I will give you the cast on this. We have uh, Analia Ivers. It's actually pretty good. A uh, very attractive gal um, as the lead, Liana Sampson or uh, Liana Simpson. Then we have uh, Stanley Kapoor as Cuckoo, which is her medicine doctor guy that helps her, um, kind of like Conan's, uh, like she's Conan, and that guy's like her fucking, you know, uh, thief assistant or whatever. Uh, Ava Leon returns as uh, Reina, the Amazon governess. She's good. Antonio Mayans, of course, is Bob. William Berger, man, I I was so happy to see him in the cast, but he's just so, uh, just not not any good in this, as Uruk, the chief. Then you have Emilio Linder, of course, as Harvey Mason, an archaeologist returning to the films. Uh, Alicia Principe, who's extremely beautiful. She was the lead in the uh, sexual story of O. Uh, She returns here as Bella Mason, Harvey's wife, and she has a couple nude scenes and she's just amazing she's so beautiful uh then we have claude marshall and uh, olivia Mathot as father johnson and uh and then you have lena romay as an amazon guarding uruk's bedchamber and like lena romay's in it for like 40 seconds or something she just stands there's no dialogue she opens the gate so they can walk through and closes the gate and just stands there she doesn't look happy she doesn't look anything you tell it just wasn't a uh it looks like she's not happy to be in the film, and I can understand why, because they know that uh, this film is not very good. So, um, the locations are kind of cool, though. Um, the uh, I don't see where it was shot, though. That's interesting, because they have these cool caves that they live in that I, uh, is really, really cool, but uh, they don't mention them. It almost looks like it's part of some of the um, locations he used before, so... Alrighty, well, let me go through and knock my notes out here. Um, actually, I'll give you a little synopsis. Uh, present-day Africa. A tribe of blonde warrior women ride topless on horseback to slay Mr. and Mrs. Simpsons. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. Two missionaries who have profaned the Amazon's temple and stolen their gold. A five-year-old daughter, Liana, escapes and is taken in by a local tribe. Years later, Liana is respected by the natives and is friends with all the animals. A Catholic priest, Father Johnson, shows up and reads to Liana from her father's journal, revealing how he met his death. Liana vows to avenge her parents and sets off to find the Amazon's temple, assisted by Kuku, a buffoonish witch doctor. On the way, they team up with Harvey Mason, an archaeologist, and his beautiful wife, Bella. 
Bella is overcome by a naturally occurring sephoric gas at the entrance of the temple and is captured by the Amazons. When the others turn up, they are thrown into the dangerous... They are thrown... Oh, I'm sorry, thrown into the dungeons by Reina, cruel captain of the Amazonian guards. Their high priest, Uruk, decides that Liana has the necessary attributes to become an Amazon warrior. Yeah, her body, basically. He saves her friend... He saves her from Reina, but the others are not so blessed. Reina sentences Harvey and his wife to be trussed up together back-to-back inside a circle of spikes where they will be whipped until one or the other falls. Can Liana and her friends... Can Liana and her friendly chimpanzee Rocky save the day? Yeah, so Rocky is my favorite in the film. You know, I always have a thing for monkeys. And I like that Franco kind of voices the monkey again. He doesn't give him English, but he does do the kind of stuff. So I was laughing about that, which is a holdover from the last film in Busca el Dragon Dorato. So yeah, in this one, let me talk about the animals. There's monkeys, there's tigers, there's uh, elephants, there's hippopotamuses, there's tons of birds, and there's, oh, there's no snakes or nothing in here. Um... That's about it, I think. Uh, but yeah, definitely quite a bit of good nature footage. Um, the monkey, Rocky, is awesome. So, All right, let me go through my little notes here. Uh, so we have, like, a, in the beginning, as it says, the Amazonian tribe. We have five seconds in the film. We have our first nudity, and it's a slow-motion shot of about seven women on horseback, and they're basically riding into town to kill the Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. And, like, about out of the seven, about three or four of the girls are topless uh, on the horses. The other ones are covered, but they have this cool kind of a girl from Rio kind of fake futuristic uh, S&M kind of garb on. It's like dungeon guard and stuff. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so the tribe killed a man, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, his wife. And as you heard earlier, Liana, the little girl, um, runs out. But for some reason, they don't kill her. They could easily shot her, but it's not like she hides or nothing because they, they fire the arrows and they do the cheap effect where... You see the person shooting the arrow, and then the next shot is the person holding the arrow into their chest with blood around it, like they've been shot, and they're trying to grab it, you know. It looks good. It's a cheap effect, but it always works. And then uh, she's a little girl, and it fast-forwards to her in the island, or her in the jungle, swinging through the trees and everything with her monkey. Um, so uh, we have, yeah, Olivia Mathot um, shows up again, like in Diamonds of Kilimanjaro, and this one he's uh, the father. And he reads from the father's uh, diary of what happened and all that. Um, and yeah, so this is, uh, in the beginning, I'm going to go back and read how, what the deal with this was. But I believe it looked like this film I heard was unfinished. So it looks like all the footage was shot, all the tribe stuff and the Amazon stuff. And then I think the Olivia Mathot reading from the book and the stuff of him showing up and, and some of the wraparound stuff. That's the newer stuff that was shot. I would guess without reading what it was, but being a filmmaker and looking how it's set up, that's what I would guess is all Olivia Mathot stuff is newer because that's how it was with Eurocene. Um, one thing about this film too, the music, um, it's attributed to uh, the credits to uh, Norbert Norbert Veroni. Let me see what they have here in the credits. Uh, let's see, music. Yeah, music. Norbert Veroni, published by Dava Music. So I wonder... Yeah, so it must not... So Franco probably didn't even do the music at all then. 
Okay, because it didn't sound like his music. It's more like a synthesizer. You know, I mean, but I I don't take anything past Franco because he has a lot of style of music. But there's no jazz at all in it. It's it's almost like a John Carpenter ish light style of synthesizer keyboard stuff. A couple tracks sound like they could be John Carpenter's inspired, but a rip off. But yeah, so that's good. Yeah, Norbert Verani, pretty bad music. I'm glad it's not Franco. Um. So yeah, the man's we learn about the uh girl's parents, Mr. Simpson, how he stole gold from the Golden Temple. Yeah, there's one thing about the Golden Temple I liked. Franco's done it before where he used like a silver or gold like wrapping paper or tin foil on the walls to make it look like it's gold or silver. So he has all this kind of gold wrapping paper uh like, you know, maybe 700 feet of it on all these walls in certain sections and then he has gold spray paint that he spray paints some of the rock to look like it's gold. That they're like breaking gold out of the walls and stuff. It's very cheaply done. You could tell it's not real, but it still goes through its effect. And that's my motive before about money and special effects. And if it achieves the same results, really who cares if something looks quote-unquote cheesy or if it looks quote-unquote super cool and realistic. It's still the same thing and it's over in 10 seconds. So who the fuck cares, you know? Um, that's my mentality anyways. As you get older, you kind of distance yourself from all that stuff. Especially if you don't have the money to do it, you know? You can't torture yourself. If you don't got the tw- $20 million to do an effect, who the fuck cares? All right, so, uh, yeah. Um, I laughed that uh, the native tribes in here, they're supposed to be, like, really primitive and stuff, but they're wearing, like, uh, like shorts under their gear, and they have, like, uh, like two or three stripes in their shorts. They're, like, fancy, like swimming shorts and stuff they're not just basic stuff that they'd have it's pretty funny and they're the witch doctor mask for cuckoo is like this plastic kind of a party decoration mask it's not even real wood and uh a lot of the spray paint on the on their um shields and their markings and their face paints pretty humorous so yeah it's pretty cheesy on that i actually dug that um it's pretty funny and then we have which i like the pet monkey rocky um Rocky saves uh, her during a fight in the beginning. And then, uh, oh yeah, when she fights the witch doctor, Cuckoo, they're trying to see who's the toughest one. And then Rocky jumps onto his shoulders and then she kicks him in the nuts and knocks him down. And the monkey jumps around, everybody laughs. And so Rocky's their pet monkey and we realize the connection she has with Rocky. They uh, kind of have this bond where Rocky saves her at certain times and and uh, Rocky gets put over quite a bit. Um and we have uh, Cuckoo and Liana, so they team up, and they meet up with uh, Antonio Mayans and his crew, uh, the Bella gal, and uh, her husband, the archaeologist. And um, so they're all looking around and stuff, and then Bella says, oh, I'm going to go go for a swim. So she gets totally naked to our benefit, and she uh, goes swimming, and, and then, uh, like we said, goes to that cave, and then the mist uh, kind of like knocks her unconscious, the sulfuric gas. And they have a deal where the Amazons, that's at their entrance of their of their uh, mountain uh, hideout and whenever they hit the mist they pass out and then they carry their bodies inside and then they're, they're, they're prisoners and they've done it numerous times they have all these prisoners there that's mining the gold for them and all the men are in the prisoners or, or in the uh, mines chipping away at the gold and some of the women that have stumbled into the area are chained up uh, down in the dungeon area and, and being tortured and, and killed and stuff as well. So, and a mummified in one scene we see. 
so yeah, we have that. We have um, the eye patch woman, Rena. She's cool. She's like this blonde woman with a eye patch and like a a gold uh, G string kind of a tea back underwear, and then she has on uh, these like gold boots and, and kind of the the, the gold uh, shoulder pad type deal. She's pretty cool looking. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's the lead guard and the wife of uh, William Berger's character or girlfriend, whatever. Uh, and we have a cool, I thought the makeup was really interesting. They are, they're searching the compound and they find, uh, a mummified couple. You don't know if it's Leona's parent or not if her parents were killed. So, but yeah, we see these people that are mummified in there. It's a really weird makeup they have to show mummified. It's almost like, um, <clears throat> they have paper mache or something glued to their face. I don't know if they're mannequins or what, but it's a really interesting effect. I, I got to watch that part again. And then they have a thing where they're attacked by hundreds of bats, they say, and it's just maybe like four or five bats flying at the camera, but it's pretty funny. They're trying to do their little Indiana Jones thing. Then I mentioned the gold foil walls, and uh, they have a cool cavern room for the Amazon women. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then we have Lena. Like I mentioned, she's the guard at the gate. Very small role. Like I said, she just opens the gate and closes it. Uh, William Berger, they really do a lot of close-ups of his eyes, and he's kind of like doing these big kind of crazy eyes of the camera to kind of show the eyes of sister eyes of Dr. Orloff again, which he did good in that. And, and also he's in uh, love letters of a Portuguese nun. And I think maybe one other Franco film and does some after this, but uh, I am a William Berger fan, but yeah, unfortunately in this film, he's fucking not good at all. Unfortunately, I can't put him over. Um, even though I want to, let's see. So uh, speaking of him, there's a cool scene where he has, Liana, after he captured everybody, uh, the lead uh, heroine, uh, the jungle woman, has her wrestle uh, his lead guard, the patch woman, um, Irina, or uh, what's her name again? Uh, not Lena, uh, she's um, um, Rena. So yeah, it's Rena and Eilina. That's funny. Rena and Liana wrestle. And uh, they do, like, some lockups and a couple, like, takedowns a little bit. And she does, like, a single leg on her. And uh, that's about it. But it's 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 a decent fight scene. I mean, it's realistic. They're just kind of circling around. And then he's, like, standing there watching, like, all right, all right. I was laughing. It's almost like me directing a scene from one of my last couple films. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he has them. And then uh, she, uh, of course, the lead goes over. And then his prize is to not to kill her but to take her in the room where he basically rapes her. Um, as her prize. And then uh, afterwards, when he's sleeping, she takes a knife and remembers that he killed her parents because he mentions it before. And she stabs him while he sleeps and we don't see it. And he's just laying in the same position. And she takes the keys and then she's captured, but uh, they don't check her for the keys. And then uh, what's funny is, so then Rocky the chimp comes to the cavern to save him and uh, to get the keys. And he does this little thing where he's trying to save him but he's playing so he's going up and down these chains where they're like come on rocky help us rocky help us and it cuts back and forth between rocky and the three people chained up and then the archaeologist and his wife bella tied up uh back to back on this wheel with spikes and they're being whipped by um um rena and them and pretty hard actually on the guy it looks effective a lot of times they would show whipping the camera but this is full like whip on the guy's shoulder and it looks pretty good i know it's sound effects and stuff but she whips him a couple times pretty goddamn hard and knowing franco and their effect they probably looked like it was pretty legit um and that scene reminded me of uh, erotic rights of frankenstein where they got the uh naked guy and the woman on the on the wheel um uh bilbo his last name and um, Francois Bilbo that was in uh, Conan the Barbarian 
plays the the redheaded uh, guard in that later on that frees Conan so he can be on his own. Yeah, Francois Bilbo. And um, so in this one, yeah, the, but he he's naked in that film. But in this one, it's just the husband and wife are chained up back to back. And it's funny, so Rocky's trying to free them while it cuts back and forth between the monkeys swinging on the chains trying to free them and then like this woman whipping the shit out of these people because the goal is they're chained up and as she's whipping them, the first to fall will fall on the spikes and die. So they just stand there being whipped until they finally collapse and impale themselves on the spikes. So what's funny is Rocky saves the three and they're walking up the steps to save them. And they could have saved them, but they watch them basically get whipped and then get, and then die. And then they decide to like burst in and save them. But it's funny. Like, they've literally watched him get killed for like two minutes. And you're like, dude, you should have like hit the, hit the save earlier. Don't, don't like watch them get killed and then go and save them. So, but I liked one thing is, uh, when Rocky, the chimp freed everybody, the witch doctor cuckoo says Rocky free everybody. So yeah, that was my favorite line of the movie was Rocky free everybody. So I don't know if that's like a little thing about Rocky Balboa or if he, if Frank was put over the movie Rocky or what, but yeah, Rocky free everybody. I want to put that on a shirt and that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, like that, and then they watch him get killed. And I wrote, why? Like, why didn't they just shoot that through? Um, another thing I like, too, is Franco. He tries to show that there's, like, all these bars in these uh, kind of uh, mountain area, the fortress. So he's basically, he does a sound effect of, like, bars being slammed down. But he's just, like, lowering this kind of uh, gold-painted kind of uh, cage bars in front of the camera as he's lowering it. And it gives a good effect. It's really cheap, but it looks like you have these bars installed that are lowering and it's just a cage being put down in front of a camera just a single ply you know bar area so i thought that was a really cool cheap special effect that worked really good um but yeah i like that and of course he's shooting through bars which i always mention in certain films when he does that shoots through things um oh in the end so everybody gets saved and you know the guy gets killed and they escape and all that stuff and everybody's happy and and everybody's clapping and then you see Rocky clapping Rocky the Chimp's clapping because everybody else is clapping and he's having a good time too so and then Franco does the monkey sound effects and what was weird is um, the credits at the end they're like crooked instead of being straight across they're like not exactly level they're like some letters are higher than others they're kind of leaning up and down and I thought it was quite humorous that even the credits weren't exactly straight because they're all fake aliases like a screenplay by A.L. Marrow and then of course music by Norbert Verone and of course Jess Franco's fake alias as uh, James Gartner and uh, yeah all the other crazy stuff so yeah um, it's funny because this is another Amazon film and of course he did the uh, two other Amazon films before this um, what was it um Let's see, let me go back to my list here. We did um, Lustful Amazons and uh, Les Glutines, which are good. Those are two better ones than this, definitely. But it uh, looks like he's trying to go through that same territory again, along with Lost Times of Kilimanjaro and um, Cannibals and a few other things that he's trying, the White white Cannibal Queen, you know, some of that stuff he's trying to rehash and uh, getting a lesser effect. And, of course, being that this was a unfinished film that was completed by somebody else. So, you know, it's, it's not always the thing. Um, although they did make a hardcore version of this as well with 
X-rated scenes. I'm kind of curious how that plays out and what's seen on that. So that would be something maybe to look for. So, all right. Um, I watched the DVD uh, of it uh, through MVD Classics. I got it on a double feature with Diamonds of Kilimanjaro. Well, I remember when I bought those two, I heard that they weren't the best film. So instead of buying the two DVDs or a Blu-ray and a DVD, I decided, well, save some money and get the double feature because there wasn't much special features on them. And knowing the quality of the films, I figured that was the best deal. And I think I came out good. So, yeah, there is that. Uh, all right, let's go through the Franco list and see what this film has compared to the other films in the Franco universe and if he followed his checklist. Now, remember, this is an unfinished film, so he didn't do all the stuff like he normally does. As in the case here, number one, Body of Water. Yes, we have Body of Water in here. We have like a Body of Water the elephants play in, and the women go swimming with the hippo and all the other stuff. So, yeah, definitely bodies of water in this and beautiful bodies in the water. Number two and three, sailboat and boats. None of those in this film. No floating boats at all. Number four, palm trees. Yes, plenty of palm trees. This is a jungle film. Number six, chained up person. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, number five, jungle sound effects. Yeah, plenty of jungle sound effects. Lots of jungle stuff in here. Lots of uh, tropical sounds and birds and animals and lots of sound effects. In this. Actually, the, the sound is one of the stronger elements in this film. They do a good sound. They do a good job with the sound effects all the way through, through all the um, physical sound effects of the hitting, whipping, shooting, uh, foley, all that stuff. It sounds really good, actually. That's one thing I will say that's really positive about this. There is a, a good sound score on this. Uh, number six, chained up person. Yeah, there's like three or four scenes of chained up people. You have the mummy scenes. You have uh, everybody getting captured. You have the people that are chained up, uh, like in the dungeon area. And then uh, the people get chained up at the end again. So, yeah, a lot of people getting chained up in this. Number seven, dance scenes on stage stripping. No, there is a lot of nudity in this, but no people dancing on stage or dancing in with tribal area, taking off their clothes, nothing like that. Uh, eight, club scenes, dancing in a bar. Nope, no bars in this, no club scenes, nothing like that. Number nine, jazz music. Nope, no jazz music at all. Very rare. It's got a lot of synthesizer, kind of John Carpenter-ish knockoff music by a different person. Uh, number ten, excessive zooms. No, not really. There's a few when she's swimming, but nothing crazy. Eleven out of focus shots. Nope, things are focused nice in this. Twelve, mirror shots. No, all outdoor uh, jungle stuff, so no mirrors. Thirteen, mind control theme. At first I said no, but then I know they have... Um, the kind of the mist, and then she gets drugged, and her mind's kind of woozy, but there's no kind of uh, mind control element, but there's a little bit of mind control in it. Fourteen, magic tongue scenes. Nope, Lena's, unfortunately, the guard doesn't do much, and the other girl doesn't do much tongue and all this, no tongues. Fifteen, red light. Nope. Number sixteen, sheepskin rug. Yes, sheepskin rug hanging on the rail in the opening scene of the scene where the little girl's parents are killed. Um, you see it right there, but that part is yes. Uh, masturbation with a letter C item. Nope, no masturbation in this film. It's pretty much a PG-rated film or whatever. Uh, let's see. Um, number 17, Mad Scientist and Servant. First I said no, but then I said partial because like I can see like the there's like a, a evil guy and his assistant, you know, kind of like the other films, but this is like William Berger. And then uh, Rena, the patch woman, would be his servant, but I don't know, maybe half point. 18, fish tank shots, no. 19, talking parrots. 
no talking animals, but Franco does kind of voice the monkey. Does the monkey sound? So partial on that. 20 end credits, yes or no. Uh, it doesn't say and or the end or Finn, but it does have the credits at the end. Like I said, they're all crooked and, and not level. Uh, 21 handwritten notes or handwritten signs, anything janky like that. Nope, no, no signs on the outside of huts or villages or buildings. 22 spiral staircase shots, nothing of those. 23 inept cops, no law enforcement in this film. 24 belly chains, nope, nobody's wearing belly chain. Number five, kinks. Uh, well, let's see. There's maybe a little S&M in here. Whipping, coarse, bondage. Um, and uh, the strong, the uh, kind of the, uh, yeah, the, the dominatrix type women in this, I guess. The female superior. Uh, number 26, great headboards. No. Number seven, 27, fear or desire. <clears throat> It'd be desire. They desire the gold that's in the golden temple. Uh, 28, acoustic guitar players. No acoustic guitar playing in this. 29, reading a book scene. Yes, the father, um, the priest, reads the diary of the deceased father to his daughter about how he died and everything. So yeah, there's a scene of him reading a book to her. And finally, number 30, going pee or pee scene, talking about going to the pee or, or peeing or anything. No, 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 no pees in this. No animals going pee. Nothing funny. Nothing crazy. No pee pee scenes. So, yeah, that's that. So, all right. Franco list is completed. All right. So, all right. Well, thanks again. I think it's going to wrap up this portion of the Franco Observer podcast. Uh, once again, thanks all for listening. This is uh, now, uh, as this drops, this will be 2023. And I know it's probably not a good idea to start off the new year with uh, In Busca del Dragon Dorado, followed by the Golden Temple Amazons. But just like anything, everything has to go through what we need to go through. Just like the last couple of years have been hard, we had to go through them. So if you want to be a Franco completist, you got to go through the good and the bad. So this is part of that so but we have some good ahead of us so uh once again thank you all and if you dig the show please subscribe download the shows tell your friends tell your friends about the franco observer podcast tell them about lady Hyde. tell them about emmanuel and sin city tell them about desperate visions all that good stuff if you want to get a hold of me you always can franco observer at yahoo.com our email once again franco observer at yahoo.com we got Facebook page, we got Instagram page, the Franco Observer Podcast. Find us, like us, share us, and all that good stuff. So, all right, I hope you all are staying dry, staying warm. It's been a hell of a winter. Uh, looks like we're going through it, just like these bad films, we're going through it. But uh, yeah, we have warm times, sunny times, good times ahead. So, adios, buenas noches, maha. Mm-hmm.